So I'm just gonna take a quick uh, little aside because I just read something and I thought it was hilarious. Uh, somebody wrote this on Facebook uh, or Twitter or whatever, it's being shared. Yeah. Movie idea. A millennial couple moves into a terminally haunted house, but because of the housing shortage, they're happy to just vibe with the blood dripping uh, down the walls, et cetera, because holy shit, a house. What? Yeah. And I'm going to be 100% honest. That would make a great, like, modern comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely uh, definitely a horror comedy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and then somebody comments, a good plot for this setup is that as the house skyrockets in value because of the haunting, the millennial owners have to fend off a shady real estate company that's trying to buy the house out from under them. Oh, my God. <laughs> How... That sounds so right now. <laughs> it it does sound right now. And um, if anybody does make a, a movie out of this, uh, my hat's off to you um, because that's a crazy idea. But then again, um, crazy ideas are what this business is all about. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's like crazy ass premise like that. It would make such a good movie. It's like. Because let's be honest, millennials are such a weird generation because of how we grew up and how the world is now. Everyone thinks, oh, millennials are lazy. But no, we just, things are a lot different nowadays. We, 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 we think about things a little bit differently. Oh, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the next generation will think things differently just as we do, but just take it a different direction. Let, let's face it, the next generation is going to be smaller than us. Well, you know, the, the Zoomers is the next generation already. Yeah, they're going to be way smaller than us. They're going to figure things out, you know, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Okay, I'm going to tell you some, some quick stories. Oh, God. First of all, I was talking with my sister the other day, and she, was, and she has two kids. Yeah. And they're, they're exposed to a lot of the younger stuff, too. And apparently, uh, Kanye West had a concert where he did a song with Paul McCartney. Uh, from the Beatles, okay? And the okay. new generation were like, wow, it's really cool of Kanye West to give this old guy a chance. Oh, God. Doesn't that just make you want to punch somebody? Yes, because the fact that uh, a younger age is saying this uh, A, makes me feel old. That's, for, that's the first thing. And B, how can you not recognize one of the best... Uh, you know, musical artists of the previous generation. Literally one of the founding members of the Beatles. Yeah, because the Beatles aren't in the zeitgeist right now. And let me... No, but it's, it's still, it, it still kills me. It still kills me. Yeah. So let me pull a hat trick right now. Um, I was just on YouTube randomly uh, Friday at work. You know, I, just, I put some stuff on the background to listen to it. And I fell across this guy, this uh, yeah. young uh, young adult, um, who reviews music. And he's mostly into rap. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you know, today I'm going to be reviewing and reacting to a song by somebody called Bon Jovi. And the song's called It's My Life. Oh, no. Yeah. And this is the first time he ever heard the song. And it's like, you know, all this song is like, it, wow, it's got a billion views. Like, I'm surprised not a lot of people are talking about this. How have I never heard this song before? And 
he starts reacting to it and like you, you start realizing when the beat kicks in he starts getting really into it and it's just it's kind of hilarious to watch it's like somebody from our generation who grew up on this stuff looking at kids reacting to this stuff as if it's brand new there's just such a disconnect yeah there is um and if you can't hear me rolling my eyes, folks, believe me, I am when he's telling me this story. But, you know, this is the honest truth about the, the current young generation that they haven't experienced the stuff as like we have. They're just catching up on it. You know, and that's the thing about the Marvel films, including the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, soundtracks, because you're listening to songs that were way before our time. Are hearing a younger audience actually interact and actually liking that music? Yeah. Just goes to show A, it was good, it was good music. Let's be honest about that. And B, it keeps the artists alive. Oh, definitely. I remember when the second Guardians uh album uh show came out, one of the songs was um Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah. I didn't hear that song for the first time until maybe one or two years before I saw that movie. Because, you know, that song was old when I was young. Yeah. And this is like, especially talking about any media franchise right now, it is an insane time that we're living in because when we were young, how did it work? Whatever was on TV is whatever we knew, right? If it was on VHS, yeah. if yeah. it was on video, if it was like on syndication, that's all we knew about. So, for example, uh, growing up, I remember seeing shows like I Dream with Genie and uh, Bewitched, and they were playing on syndication. On yeah. Now, that is so far removed from the generation that it aired in, in the generation I grew up in. But to me, it was all brand new because it was the first time I was ever watching it. But I wasn't watching every show from that generation, right? That's correct. And what do we have now? We have Netflix. We have Disney Plus. So let's say somebody even remotely likes Spider-Man. What can they do? They can go on and find every Spider-Man cartoon that's ever played and watch it. Yeah, and enjoy it. Yeah. But the thing is, like, for some kids, it's like, wow, this is so old, like, I'm having trouble connecting to it. Like the technology is so weird. The animation is so weird. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's just because they're used to the uh, animation, you know, either the CGI animation or the 2D flat animation, which just drives me up the walls. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you watch the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, that cartoon is so magnificently toyetic. You know, everyone's buff as hell. It is. Not as sin. Yeah, it is. It is. And it, it kind of works for that universe. Oh, definitely. It works for that and universe. It works that, for that setting. It works for that time period. Yeah. And also, the CG uh, city backgrounds were very... Uh, you, you didn't see that in a lot of animated series. Oh, no, definitely not. It was ahead of its time. But and that's the interesting thing is like I was talking to a friend at work and obviously all this is going to be hearsay for me because, you know, I don't have kids of my own. Uh, she was watching, um, I think, an old Sonic cartoon with one of her uh, nephews or cousins. So he, yeah. knows he just saw Sonic 2 
and he found like one of the Sonic cartoons from the 90s, or I think it was the Sonic Boom cartoon that came out a few, uh, like five or six years ago, which is actually really good. I would recommend anyone watching it. It's actually really fun. Um, And to her, it was so surreal because, you know, she sees kids watching uh, stuff that she grew up with, like the old Ninja Turtles cartoons, uh, Beast Wars uh, uh, show, which was really ahead of its time. And it's just, it's interesting because we grew up in a generation where all we had to absorb what was on at the time. But now the current generation has the ability to absorb everything that's ever existed. This is true. Uh, it's very true uh, with uh, even shows like Johnny Quest. Remember that? Yep. Yeah, they were experienced to the 60s version then the guy experienced to the night late 90s version and oh a lot of times people will prefer the 60s version over the 90s version yeah i think the 90s version they went into like a virtual reality or something yeah oh my god that that just is such a blast from the past what you just dropped there yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it was just crazy you know and again this was the technology at the time for the 90s version and it was so surreal. Now it looks obviously dated, but back in the day, it was cool. Oh, God, yeah. It also reminds me of that show Action Man. Yes, yes, that was another one. That was an interesting one. Uh, reboot, a reboot was great. It was so Yeah, that was, up. yeah. It was so good when the Canadians reclaimed it and starting season three, everything just got dark as frick and it was amazing. Like, did you watch? Did you ever watch reboot? I did. I watched like the the first two seasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Okay. Long story short, um, when it first came out, it was being broadcast on ABC, and ABC yeah. had some of the stingiest censorship uh, rules. Okay. Like, the main characters, uh, Dot was not allowed to have cleavage, and she had to have a mono. Oh, God. So what ends up happening is ABC stopped uh, airing it, or they stopped licensing it or whatever. I don't know. So I think it was mostly YTV and other Canadian corporations that picked it up and continued the series. And as soon as they picked it up, the art style changed. The storylines got much darker and more mature. <coughs> like, I remember um, Bob got sent into the web. Megabyte took over mainframe. Uh, Enzo lost his eye to a Mortal Kombat game and then grew up into like uh, this badass version of himself with a gun and a robot eye. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. I'm so glad that we Canadian fight this. (laughs) Because that's what happened. That's Canadianized. That's what happened to Reboot. (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah. But the thing is now, to be back on topic, kids can be exposed to all of this. So they can be, they can pick and choose. Like, I don't like this, like, super, super old Spider-Man from, like, the 60s. I don't like it. It's too weird to watch. But yeah. the 90s one's kind of cool. I'll watch this. Um, they can watch Johnny Test. They can watch the 90s X-Men. They can watch Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. And you just even like with movies, like growing up, we tend to watch all the same movies because that's what was on VHS, what was popular with kids. Yeah. So 
you know, I watched Snow White, uh, I watched uh, Peter Pan, I watched all this stuff. And that was old when I was young. And now, like, my niece and nephew, they watch it. This is too old to watch. It's so weird. And they're watching stuff like Encanto instead. Uh, my niece, she just puts all the songs from Encanto on repeat. She just loves listening to them. Yeah, well, it, that's just it. Uh, like you said, everyone has access to it and they can watch either certain things and don't watch the, the rest. Yeah. So you have kids who are just watching whatever they want, but then like when they start developing into animation connoisseurs, you know, like our uh, our demographic. Yeah. What are they going to start watching? Are they going to start watching uh, newer shows or are they going to start picking up things like Avatar The Last Airbender? Are they going to start picking up stuff like Steven Universe? Are they going to start picking up other like highly acclaimed animated shows like from when we were growing up? Uh, chances are it's going to be probably a mixture of all, all of those. Yeah. Because the thing is, who is going to be your target audience in the future? How are you going to like adapt to them, especially with somebody who has access to everything? Yeah. Because I am like fascinated in the sense that what's nostalgic for us right now is stuff like Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers, Spider-Man, X-Men, yada, yada, yada. But what's going to be nostalgic yeah. for the, the, the people in the generation where they're growing up now, where they're like teenagers or early teens, or what did they watch? What are they going to be nostalgic for? Yeah, it, 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 it's, going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because, um, they, again, they have access to everything. So it's going to be interesting to see what the next generation is going to be like, what animation they're going to be gravitating towards. So we'll see. Oh, and just something that was on my mind is just like a very interesting topic and in that when you start playing around with the, the millennial mind frame, what are some new stories that you can tell? <laughs> like the haunted house thing is already amazing. Yeah. And Lord knows we're getting a lot of being absorbed into video game stories. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a tough one. That was a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh, because uh, when when uh, when I was a kid, you know, that you you of course, Peter, uh, when the video games came out, you know, they were very simple plots. Now they're complicated. Mm-hmm. So here's an idea. Let's let's just do a, a quick little exercise, me and you. What would be a good plot for a millennial story or movie that we can work on with what's going on? Oh, God. Uh, I can't think of one on top of my head right now. All right. But, but let me I got to uh, think about this. Let me drop uh, some stuff. Baby, All right. Let's make a horror movie using dating apps as a premise. Oh God! Okay. Do you remember a few years ago there was that movie that came out? It was called Unfriended, where all these yes. people are slowly being killed off by they don't know what, but it's like apparently this, the vengeful spirit of the girl who they all filmed and made fun of to the point where she committed suicide. Yeah, I do remember this. Yeah. So I think that was probably a little ahead of its time, in my opinion. Yeah. 
But something like that coming out on a streaming service and being more of like of an episodic series, like something that's four episodes long, I think something like, like that, that format would be super interesting right now. So let's just do a quick little creative exercise right now. How would we do something like that, but using dating apps as a premise? Okay. Well, uh, we should focus possibly on um, right now one character. And she's going through the normal, uh, yes, it's a female character. She's going through the normal, uh, trying to find a, the right guy or the right girl, you know, what have you. And she's just got just had this endless bad luck on these dating apps. So it kind of starts as, as a comedy. You know, kind of your typical Netflix comedy, but then, you know, she hears about this new app, you know, that's supposed to be very successful. But all of a sudden, when she start, joins it, she starts, you know, being with these very eerie people. Now, I'm going to stop you right there because being with very eerie people is something that's kind of common across all dating apps, but please continue. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't mean uh, just the uh, eerie people. I mean very uh, almost demonic uh, people, you know. Very alien. Yeah, kind of like that. Okay. I'm going to run you one from the other premise. All right, let's, all right, let's go for it. Let's go for right. it. Let's do uh, a horror movie where, you know, a guy's playing up the whole... Um, I'm the player kind of guy. He's ghosting women. He's doing the, the scumbag thing. And Oh, I can already see where this is going. I can see where this is going. Go ahead. Go on. And you know me with the stuff I'm working on. Like, what if one of the people he finally encounters is not just a crazy lady, but an actual uh, female demon? And then we get the horror movie aspect of this monster chasing him because she's like, oh, you left me and like going full demon mode on him. Like, yeah, it's uh, come up and it's right then and there. Yeah, that, that's more of a standard kind of plot, but I'm like, that would be such an interesting kind of hook. It's like, you could just call it ghosted. Yeah, 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 there's your tire right there. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be like a fun premise and that's something that's so like akin to millennials people dating in their 20s and their 30s it's like oh man this and it's interesting because like you got the guy who's an asshole finally getting his comeuppance and then you yeah. got like this and you can play the whole sexy aspect with using a succubus as your horror movie monster yeah that's uh, interesting yeah i was saying that there's a lot of stuff that you can use nowadays that Use a millennial audience and the things that we've gone through. But we're not seeing a lot of it, surprisingly enough. No, we're not. Because it feels like we're not, the way they're targeting our demographic is rather than trying to write stuff that would be current to us, they're more banking on nostalgia. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. And sometimes the nostalgia works, sometimes it doesn't. Like the Ninja Turtles, uh, Michael Bay movies. Oh God, that was really the that did not work for me at all. No, it did not. 
The 2012 animated series is actually really good, though. Mm. Like, I would highly recommend anyone check that out. It's actually really fun. Has some musical numbers in there sometimes too, and it's a different take on the franchise, but it's pretty cool. Sometimes it pays to do something different, but there's just some things that work better in animation over live action. They're correct. Or what worked uh, well in animation, going back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for a second, was the uh, the live action, you know, with the suits. That worked uh, more effectively than the Michael Bay films. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because Ninja Turtles, especially the beginning of the franchise, is much more rooted in reality. Now, yeah. if you continue the Ninja Turtles franchise, because a lot of people, they're mostly exposed to early Ninja Turtle stuff, Shredder, uh, the foot, etc. Yeah. Then you start getting into the Krang, the Triceratons. You start getting into like the future toy. You start getting into aliens, other dimensions. Like Ninja Turtles just goes balls to the walls, nuts. So, yeah. So like the beginning arcs of it play well for a live action setting because it's mutant reptiles, and the animatronics look way better than the CG, in my opinion. Yeah, correct. You're correct, especially in the first two films. The third one just looked weird because uh, the Jim Henson company was not doing that. That did not do that film. We just need to give every excuse we can to give Jim Henson more work. Yeah, pretty much. That that and Elizabeth Olsen because I am just like falling in love with that actress. Uh, she is she she is sexy. That's the first thing, and she's just a great actress because you know. She just delivers every single time. I'm not talking about just in as uh, Scarlet Witch, but any role she does, she just nails it. Yeah. It's like when she did Scarlet Witch, it was a very flat character, but then she started doing WandaVision and we started seeing her much more of her range. And just like every time yeah. you're in an interview, she seems like such a nice person and such like a, a very pleasant person to be around. I remember um, she was doing a... Um, a tour of her apartment when uh covid starts like and she's like well you see uh, she's showing off her fridge you know everyone's been making bread during covid and i thought no nah, i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna make my own mayonnaise <laughs> like, she's such like uh she's a kind of a chaos gremlin in and of herself and like the more i see her the more i adore her so i really hope her character is not dead in the mcu because yeah i hope not either because i think uh i want to see more of her yeah like not, not just the character but like i love the actress she's great oh boy oh man speaking of uh, nostalgic properties and i think we'll we'll use this and we'll end the we'll end the podcast for the, for today have you seen okay. the new chip and dale movie on disney plus I have not seen it yet. I have seen, obviously, a couple of the trailers. Um, it, it's very interesting to see, you know, animation crossing with live action again, you know, in terms of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So that was very nice to see that. It's very much a spiritual successor to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is a really something I like. Like, I have a very, like, passing knowledge on uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers because... I feel like that was a little bit before my time, even for me. But I remember liking it. It was a fun show. 
but this doesn't feel like a sequel to the show. It feels more like a meta commentary on Hollywood life, but also a big commentary on animation. Like, I was not expecting to see the cameos I saw in this movie. Really? Yeah. Do you know, like, the major cameo that everyone's talking about? Uh, would this be the Sonic one? Yeah, so we can talk about that. So spoilers yeah. if you haven't seen it, but Ugly Sonic makes a very, very big and actually relevant cameo in this movie. Yeah. I was just so shocked to see that. I'm like, wait, what? The real heroes of this movie is the Disney legal team. Yeah, because how would the hell were they able to get that? Yeah, because I'm going to tell you right now, there's uh, cameos from South Park, Kingdom Hearts, Disney, uh, Sonic and Paramount. Uh, the My Little Ponies are in here for like a quick blink and you missed it. Uh, wow. Yeah, but they just reference so much uh, different uh, animation and you see different animated characters and some of them are, are big deep cuts. Like there is a scene at the beginning of the movie and if you've gone to any convention, you've seen these spots where you have all these actors and creators who are like, hey, meet this person, buy some headshots, get an autograph. So Dale is yeah. there and next to him is Lumiere from uh, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, across from him, is Ugly Sonic. It's like, hey, come meet Ugly Sonic. It's like, yeah, you see they're laughing at me. But you know what? I'm in on the joke now. You can't laugh at me for that. And the person right next to him is Tigra. Oh, United We Stand. And they're all in their different animation styles. And it's wow. kind of amazing. Well, there you go, folks. That's what happens. Yeah. And then you have like, all kinds of various animated characters in this movie. You have people that use claymation. You have a sock puppet at one moment. Uh, you have CG. You have somebody who's clearly anime inspired. And then you have the entire Uncanny Valley. Where they're like, they're like, oh no, we're in the valley. What do you mean? We're in the Uncanny Valley. You know, that early period of CG where they, everything looked too realistic, but everything looked wrong. And then you just start seeing those characters. That's great. <laughs> there, there's one scene where uh, Seth Rogen uh, plays one of the villains. And then he gets jumped by a bunch of other Seth Rogen characters. Mm -hmm. Like he's attacked by Pumbaa, wow. uh, the grasshopper from Kung Fu Panda, the eye monster from like... Uh, the, the giant woman monster movie. And they're all just doing the Seth Rogen laugh at him. Oh my God. It's just so meta. It's hilarious. That's insane. Yeah. So I would actually recommend oh my God. any fan of animation. Like if you grew up watching cartoons, uh, have been any kind of, how do I put this? any kind of like animation fan or grew up with any kind of these things, you're going to find some fun in this movie. So when you get a chance, you should really watch it because 
some of the jokes, the, the deep cuts in this movie are just great. Okay, then I maybe I should check it out. Before we finish up, is there anything uh, new that you've seen that you would recommend people check out? Well, if you haven't seen Doctor Strange yet, uh, seriously, get get your stuff together and go and see it. Uh, another thing I would recommend, I haven't seen it yet, but I've been hearing lots of good things. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Like, That's another I one. I don't know much about it, but apparently it's another multiverse movie. Yeah, that's another one that's uh, very, very good. So, guys, get on that. And also, make sure you stay, uh, you, you, you follow us both. Uh, we're both on Instagram, Medallion Comics, uh, myself, and Ian, your Triple Threat Comics. That's correct. Because we're going to be putting out some new stuff, a uh, new project coming your way very soon, and something that's going to be a great read for everybody. Absolutely. All right, so Ian, thanks for uh, spending some time with me today and just generally nerding out with me. <laughs> As always, Peter, always a pleasure. All right, take care, everybody. Have a great, uh, great summer. So long, folks. Bye.